to Business Can Be Better. This is the podcast that helps businesses become even better businesses. I'm one of the co-hosts, Lane Anderson. I own a marketing company called London Road Media. And I'm Kelly Ray Tamaki, founder and owner of TMH Business Coaching and Consulting. Welcome, this is episode 20 of Business Can Be Better. We should know how to do it by now. We're getting amazing at this. Yeah, this was just a fuzzy weird sound. thing that wasn't plugged in as far as it should have been. Mm-hmm. But that's all. Uh, episode number 20, we're going to talk about having an exit strategy. Actually, this in is your an business. intervention. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ow! Do you ever crack? Oh, crack yeah. And then every time you laugh, it really hurts. Yeah. Don't be funny today. Okay. No okay. laughing. Catch up. What's new? <laughs> What? What's new with Kelly Ray? Well, Christmas is coming, mm-hmm. and I have all my presents bought and wrapped. Wow. Except for two d- gift cards, which my husband has to go get. And also, I'm going to start coloring, like in a coloring okay. book. Yeah, because... What brought this about? Well, whenever I hang out with my nieces and my nephew, I'm always like, let's color. It'll be so much fun. And then I called my mom the other day, and I'm like, which one of them likes this kind of coloring book and that one? And she's like, you like all the coloring books the most. And I was like, oh, I oh, do. it wasn't the kids so that wanted I, to color? No, it's always oh, okay. me. <laughs> so I bought myself a Christmas coloring book, and I got it out last night with my crayon. I just didn't have time, so I'm going to start tonight. So I think I'll really decrease my stress. Okay. Yeah. It's a color by number, which I like. Oh, okay. Order, you don't even follow. have to choose where to no put creativity. the colors. It's just like, one put this color red, here. Okay. Two green. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll make you a picture. We could for make you it. And Joss for your fridge. We could make it the a cover image for this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to well, get coloring. What does it have to do with exit strategy, though? Depends what your coloring book has pictures of. Christmas stuff. <laughs> mm, we'll think about it. We'll see. What okay. about you? What's new with you? Um. Oh, we just announced, or um, oh, Social West just announced their first round of speakers, which is going to include me. So they <gasps> announced their first 10 people that will be speaking at Social West in June of 2020, which is uh, Canada's largest digital marketing conference. Can I high five you? Is that yeah. totally nerdy? Awesome. <laughs> um, so we're going to be speaking at that in June. We? They just, well, me and the other nine people that were oh, awesome. announced today. Is their Gary first round of speakers. Coming? No, it's it's not quite that big, I don't think, unless there's new announcements that I don't mm. know about. But usually the speaker. first, like they always announce the biggest first, mm. right? Like, like I announce a conference and it was like, here's the people that you should be excited about. And then late, later and later, they kind of drip out the filler spots, don't they? <laughs> Isn't that how it works? I didn't think so. I don't oh, know. I I feel like when you, you organize an event, you feelings on this show. No, we're not. This no, is reality of the speaker circuit. Okay, okay. Um, oh, now you're on the speaker circuit. No, Can no. Can you bring me onto it? No, I'm not. Not on the for speaker online circuit. marketing, but so we're gonna be doing that in June, and I'm very excited. That's awesome. Good that for they you. invited me on to do that. Where? It's in Calgary, That's so it's very not cool. very far. Maybe I'll come. But yeah, it's it has they have several hundred people there usually. So mm. where is it at? It's at the whatever their movie theater is called. That's in the um, downtown. Yeah. Oh, I used to work in Eau Claire. Yeah, Eau Claire Market. Eau Claire Market at the oh, theater in there. Oh, we saw Joe Rogan there once. So they have, they have like three different theaters going, and you choose which session you want to go to every hour. And I'm going to be speaking about organic social media and how organic reaches dead is a myth. Cool. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, organic reaches dead just if you're not doing it right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like all things are dead if you don't do them right. <laughs> Pretty sure. Let's move on. Okay. 
So we're talking about what you're, having an exit strategy yes, or yes. determining what yours is or well, how to have a good one. Do you have an exit strategy? I think I saw what's uh, your you had, exit strategy. You said what's your exit strategy? Well, did I or did Laura? Well, I think you text me. Well, I've been preparing for exit strategy. <laughs> okay. So do you want to start? Do I want to start? Okay, sure. Let's start with your text. My text. <laughs> what did I text? But I've never exited. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds good. But I've never exited. <laughs> it probably okay. it probably actually auto corrected to excited it first, didn't. and then I, no. But then I had to change it. I'm like, oh no, oh. that's not the word exited. But then you still read it as excited, anyways. And you're like, when I he's never gonna early when I started London Road Media, I went and made a appointment or asked if I could speak with a business broker that you would know in town to see um before you started your business no very early when i started oh, my, my business good not for before. you no but just like early in starting my business because i had the idea that i probably wouldn't stick with one business for the rest of my life and so i wanted to know how to build a business that is sellable that's pretty cool i mean i already knew the, what the business was because i already started i'm already doing marketing i know what it is but how do i make this business sellable so we had a hmm. bit of a conversation about what that means what and, did they say um that's well so with a service company it's really tough right like we don't have assets to speak of really there's nothing there to sell as far as physical assets it's a skill set that we sell and so it's a service that we sell and so it's a bit (laughs) okay so it's a bit trickier i think our kind of business to sell because um it's really just based on the talents of the people. So as long as you can find talent, you could replicate what we have fairly easily. But what can make it sellable is brands. That's what can make it something that has its own worth outside of the product or service we create is that we have a brand that someone might pay something for. And I thought I was finally going to disagree with something. <laughs> but that's what I, so I was that, tending yeah. towards as an online asset. If you right. have like a lot of Google reviews, you have really good SEO, you have a lot of sure, online yeah. brand built up, you can sell your company based on those assets, mm-hmm. not necessarily tangible assets. Yeah, so I knew early on that we needed to build a business that had a strong brand. Like it's not just a great service and we have great people and great talent and all that. We had to have a brand that people recognize that people would think of when they think of excellence in the field. And that became important to me. And also to make a brand that's not completely tied to me. And that's something we're continuing to work on because it's still fairly heavily based around my personal brand. But that makes it tough to sell as if the brand is connected to me and it can't really exist without me. Yeah. So that was something that we learned early on and that we continue to work towards. But I'm also not in a hurt. I mean, we've only been at it three and a half years, so it's not like I had a 10-year exit plan or five-year exit plan and I need to make progress. It's just like this slow, gradual, make sure we're kind of doing things in the right direction. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's the general school of thought with most business owners. Um, And that's why I wanted to talk about this because I don't think people think about it. Mm -hmm. And um, the fence and deck company that we had a few years ago, we sold that only based on um, intangible assets. So the world is changing. Like back in the day, it'd be like, Well, you could sell your inventory for Mm -hmm. whatever it's worth. You can sell some goodwill, the amount of customers that'll probably stick with you, you know, the business you'll probably get. Um, But that fence and debt company, we only had it for a few years. It was really new. Didn't have many assets. Wasn't super profitable. It was only a couple years old. But we had a lot of Google reviews and we named it the words that people searched. Right. So we convinced the buyers that they would never have to pay for marketing again, which that was what we sold. 
So we actually did not um, sell any shares in the corporation. We just sold our online assets, our website, okay. our Google listing, etc. And now we still have that corporation as a hold co. Okay. So that's a really cool <clears throat> thing that yeah. nowadays, especially with uh, a business like yours, because you guys are whizzes at it, if you can build up your brand, as yeah. you called it, or your online. For me, I think it was the fact that they'd never have to pay for advertising again. That's what I wanted. And we were able to show them like, here's how many leads come in a month. Here's how many usually convert. Mm -hmm. Therefore, here's, here's how much sales you'll probably do. Right. Yeah. I think there's obviously big differences between having a packaged, successful, profitable company that someone can buy and they're basically buying an income, like a profit stream, yeah. a revenue stream, or there's kind of like project companies that people buy, right? It's kind of the difference between, do you buy the amazing show home or do you buy the thing that needs the renovations and oh, it needs some a, work, right? Because I, I mean, if you're, if you're selling something that people can walk into, no advertising needed, we have processes, we have profits, yeah. we have this many clients, we have this many conversions, all of that. I mean, that's the gonna pay a lot for that. turnkey ready to go. It's gotta be a long distance plan. Right, yeah. but there's also people who are needing to sell because of retirement or sickness or yes. just sick of doing what they're doing or whatever the reason is that they might be selling something that's not, it's a, it's a project company. That is such a different way of looking at it. So I get it. Mm -hmm. It's just, I think that the way that I think about it I guess what thought that brought up for me was we were actually in a little bit of a desperate position when we sold that company because okay. I was I was really sick and we didn't know what it was. Like it turned out to be kidney stones, but first I thought it was like cancer. Like right. It was horrible. And Tim, he was working full time at the city as a foreman. He was running the fence and deck company. And then TMH Business Coaching was on too with employees. And he's just like, I can't do this. So yeah, I think it only lot. took us like 10 days to sell it, oh, to nice. get rid of it. So yeah. obviously, if you're impatient or if you're desperate or, or if you're in need to get out, if you're not planning this, you're mm -hmm. not going to get what you want out of it. Right. You can't. So that's the idea is if you are in a position where you kind of need to, that you're not selling the project company. You have a company that can change hands yeah. fairly successfully. And, and because of that, you can demand a bit of a better price for it. You're not liquidating the company you own. You actually yeah. have something that people want to buy at a good price. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I kind of wrote down like basically the 10 ways I thought you could get out of a, a business. But I think it's just important, even if today or next week or next month, you still don't think it's important for you to have an exit strategy. Um, I still think that you'll be better off listening to this podcast because everything we're going to talk about, it doesn't matter if you're going to sell or if you're going to keep it. Mm -hmm. It's the same homework. Right. You know, work on your business, not in it. Have a financial plan. Have a solid sales and marketing yeah. procedures, etc. So The things that make it a great sellable company or yeah. what are going to just make it a great company that you continue exactly. to own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is it systemized? Can it run without you? Yeah. Is it profitable? Mm -hmm. All that stuff. If the answer is all yes, great. You could probably sell it for quite a bit. But if the answer is all yes, great. Yeah. It's probably making you some money. So you should hold on to it. Mm -hmm. um, a really smart man that I know who has lots of experience with uh, buying and selling businesses said, at first I thought it was a joke, but he's very serious. He never jokes. <laughs> okay. So you can imagine I was very confused. He said, I said, what is, what is this company worth? Like, what mm -hmm. could I expect to get for this? And he said, whatever the buyer is willing to pay. Right. And I kind of laughed because I'm like, oh, haha, ha, yeah, right. How much is it worth? He's like, no, really, that is, you know, it's right. the perceived value. Like whatever it's worth to the buyer, that whatever they will pay you, that's what it's worth. Right. And I've almost bought some businesses before and I just recently bought half a business and it can be very touchy because, you know, 
a lot of the businesses I looked at before I finally found this last one that I wanted in on, they weren't in good places. Right. And they were like, just buy my inventory <laughs> and get me, yeah. me out of here. Yeah. And the thing with that is I looked at a couple really close and I didn't want to get anywhere near them. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason these people are selling just for inventory. Like they've created a bad right. name for themselves. Like there's a, so yeah, sometimes there's some good deals to be had out there. Like you can acquire other businesses for very cheap. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you do your homework because yeah. there's a reason that they're just trying to get out of there. That makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, if somebody's got cancer or something and they have no money to leave their their family, so they want to sell their business to have money for their family, gosh, I hope the seller has a little more compassion in that case. But if you're just looking to go around and snap up cheap businesses, they're out there. Oh, yeah. People are failing. They want to get out. <clears throat> they just want to sell their inventory. So, yeah, buy a fixer-upper house Yeah. if you know how to fix a business. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. which is, you know, if you don't, then often I think people turn to more of a franchise model because yes. it's, kind of, it's buying a business that has systems, Simple. has profitability, that has Tragic. brand, that has everything built in. Mm-mm. And so basically all you need to do is manage it. Like it's going to, they should be providing you with all the tools you need for success. They should. Um, and most franchises nowadays I find are a very bad idea. Mm-hmm. They over inflate their projections. They over uh, promise on the support that they'll give you, on the marketing yeah. that they'll. And there's only probably two real franchises I've seen in the last five years that I thought, man, they're doing a great job supporting their franchisees. Mm. But yeah, franchising is one one way. That's that's all I've always found that with franchises that I don't understand why a franchisee would come to us as a marketing company and seek a contract with us. I'm like, you're paying a franchise fee. Like, aren't they supposed to be supporting you with your marketing? Why yeah. are you as a franchisee also going out oh, yeah. and finding a marketing agency? And that's very common. Um, which I think is a franchise not giving the or the help that they should be to their franchisees. Yeah, I actually almost wanted to call this topic why fran- franchises suck or think twice if you're thinking <laughs> about buying a franchise, but then I'm like, let's keep it more positive. Okay. <laughs> okay, so why do we need an exit strategy? Yeah, why? Because I, I feel like for a long time I was like, no, I don't want to be the startup entrepreneur that's just like, I'm going to start a company and I'm going to exit in five years and make half a million dollars. Like, what? why do I need an exit strategy? Convince me. No, I thought you were going to tell me. No. Oh, okay. We're both sitting Shoot, here being like, no, notes. we don't need no, one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, you need one uh, to make it worth your time, Okay. I guess. I mean, at the end of the the day, if, if you're just going to try and live till you're 120 and never sell it, then okay, someone will inherit it when you pass away. But like, you have to exit. Mm-hmm. Because you die. At some point, yeah. All people die, so all people have so to exit. hopefully I have a bit of time to figure you that out. You don't have a choice. Okay. So you have to exit. That's, it's, not a, it's not a do I want an exit strategy or not. It's just a when and what, mm-hmm. right? So I really think that before you even start talking to a business broker, talking to an accountant for valuation, really get in your mind what you want out of the sale if you're going to sell. Okay. Because people who have built a business up for a long time have so much emotional attachment to that, they can think that it's worth like a million dollars. But some of those same businesses I looked at and I thought they were worth $10,000. Yeah. And it's just soul crushing to try and have a conversation with somebody who thinks that (laughs) when you're looking at the numbers and you know, yeah. So um, So when we build an exit strategy, that yeah. doesn't mean an exit timeline? It doesn't have to. Okay. I think it should. Okay. You know, it should, yeah. Okay. But that's the other thing too. Don't do it too fast because that's so much pressure. Like right. if you're like, oh, two years from now, I want to be making half a million dollars on the bottom line so I can sell it for 1.5 million, da, 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 da. Like, okay, but are you going to enjoy your life on the way there? Or right. Yeah. And what you want to do, because you can either sell the assets like we talked about, Mm -hmm. you can sell the shares of the actual corporation, 
Um, and remember that it, its worth is what the buyer thinks it's worth. So yeah. the buyer might have skills that you don't have, or the buyer might have connections that you don't have, so they may see more worth in it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other thing I wrote down is ask yourself why you're doing it. Because if you're why just you're like- selling? Yes, oh, okay. or why you're coming up with an exit strategy. Okay. Because I know in our case, it was like overwhelmed, sick, tired, can't deal with three companies at once. That was not mm-hmm. a good position to bargain from. Right. So figure out why you want an exit strategy, like what the why is behind yours. And okay. for a lot of entrepreneurs, I think it's because they get bored. Yeah. Most entrepreneurs I know have at least three companies. But if we continue with the house analogy, mm-hmm. I mean, there's people who buy a house because it's their dream house and it's their forever house. Not everyone's in the house market to flip houses. It's very true. So can I not start a business and just be like, this is my forever business. I just sure. want to run it forever. Until you die. So then do we need exit an exit? Strategy? Do we need an exit uh, timeline and an exit strategy and a plan for this is what we need to achieve by these times so that it's worth this much and this like that's where I don't I still would would you because I don't I don't have Actually, an exit I strategy I don't know because I don't think like that I want to make my business um, you know profitable and and oper- be able to operate without me and yep. all of those things because it's just going to make it a good business not necessarily right. for the reason that it would be a great exit plan but side benefit it will be that if I ever do get bored or want out that it should be easier to sell but that's kind of a just a side benefit of just running a good business yes and if you don't have an exit strategy or it could be worded differently if you're not working on your business doing the things that we talk about every week mm-hmm. you don't have freedom to choose right <laughs> yeah, like that's if, true yeah if, if your business depends solely on you it's not repeatable systemized um you know, like my business right. right now, I'm like, I think Tony Robbins called me a dancing bear. He's okay. like, you're the dancing bear. You have to dance or no money comes into the company. Okay. That's why we're working on the online courses, right? right? But that's also why I have other companies, not just that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's that book called that I told you about? Built to Sell. Built to Sell. Yeah, yeah. If you guys want a good book about, if you like parables, there's a book called Built to Sell by John Warlow. It's pretty good. Um, it kind of reminds me of the E-Myths. Okay. But to give yourself freedom, to give yourself options, to give yourself, because what if you get critically injured or what if you get paralyzed or what Mm -hmm. if you pass away? Like, I mean, then we should start talking about your will because even that, what happens to your company then, right? Does Jocelyn then run your company? Like in in, in those situations, I would think that it's not, it shouldn't be a challenge to still own it. It's just that you need someone else to play your role, whatever that was, whether it was manager or CEO or whatever your role is but that like selling it doesn't have to be the solution to that as long as somehow you can it can run without you but that's just that's the other option running good business that's not about making it sellable that's the other option though you keep it forever Mm -hmm. and it's an asset that produces profit for you year after year and you have a manager running it Mm -hmm. so it's like a cash cow yeah the other thing like with a business like my coaching and consulting where there's no way around it. I'm the main source of income. Right. They talk about doing like a dividend strategy. So taking out your sort of your maximum amount of appropriate dividends and putting them into a retirement savings plan. So okay. if, if this was the only business that I ever had, I should be doing that. Right. Because, like if you're in business yeah. for yourself and you are the only asset, mm-hmm. you need to be pulling money out of that business and putting it in your RSPs. otherwise the day you retire, there's no business left. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the more we proceduralize, is that a word? Sure. I think it is. Uh, all words are words. I'm pretty sure that's a word. As long as people understand them, they're words. Okay, so we have a ton of procedures, a ton of systems. We even have most of our procedures on video, thanks to you. Mm-hmm. We have online courses. We could drop, uh, we have a curriculum. 
So okay. we, uh, we could sell my business, but I feel like it wouldn't it's be me. what it is. Yeah. yeah, all my clients and and myself have sure. a relationship, so that's a mm-hmm. that makes it quite hard. But you still can turn those businesses into yeah into a real asset for you, but uh, it's a lot harder. I think my biggest concern when I was asking about how to make my business sellable was making sure that goodwill would be there, that it's not people's relationships with me and that when I want to get rid of it, you don't lose every dollar revenue currently makes because the clients are like, well, I'm working with Lane and he's not there anymore. So that I think, I think we've gone a long ways in in achieving that, that I I have relationships with my account managers and different staff with our clients. And it's not just me as much, nearly as much as it was, though it still is pretty strongly. I think we've come a long ways in that, where if I, whatever happened and I had to be removed or I decided to quit, I think there'd still be a pretty good amount of goodwill that our clients have a relationship with London Road Media, not just myself. I think so too. I think you've done really well at that. Yeah, I do. Now, if you are my coaching client and you're paying me those nice fees Mm -hmm. and one day someone else showed up, Right. Kelly's not coaching anymore. <laughs> How happy would you I don't, be, right? Like you, I feel like you'd give them a shot. You'd be I like, would. well, I don't know. Like You've decided that's well, the person to replace you, you so have, they must yeah. be good, right? You well, that's good. Hire Thank someone you. off, whatever, Kijiji. They have to be as uh, passionate as I am, though, because that's yeah. like our number one. No, accountability, that was our number one. Okay, so then the other thing is um, dividend model. We talked about that. Royalty model. So this couple of these are super ancient, where I might sell you the concept of, let's say the lundies <laughs> you sell that to someone and forever don't more, tell anyone about that that's a secret still it's on facebook <laughs> every year when the lundies are given out okay. you get a royalty or every time they like play your song you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing that model i still need to go trademark do something awesome oh you should hurry i almost bought the url like eight months ago and it was twelve hundred dollars oh. and i tweeted about it and then someone found my old tweet and tweeted back at me like a couple of weeks ago and they're like you should have got it while you could have it's like four thousand oh, now no, <laughs> but again funny. it's it, it's it's worth what someone's willing to pay yes, for it so it doesn't exactly. matter what price someone's listed online so then the other thing is you can have you can be bought out by mm-hmm. your partner or other shareholders which i think is probably the most common thing i see nowadays like where father uh, oh yeah fathers passing down to sons and that sort of thing um well that was super sexist husbands and wives you said this what's common i mean it can be a fact actually that it's common. women-owned businesses are like up to 44 percent in canada or something now That's fantastic mm-hmm. acquisition by another company so like yeah. your company could buy up some smaller online marketing companies mm-hmm. and therefore that person or would complimentary get companies yeah like, did you think that was like a really good idea did you hear your voice just change just so like, much Whoa. i'm like is there like a follow-up sentence <laughs> like uh, i don't know also, something that's not online marketing something else like print media or whatever complimentary companies sure or newspaper new verticals yeah let's TV buy a let's it. buy a newspaper uh, oh this used to be popular in the movies but in southern alberta small business i don't see a lot of ipos no, no, I don't see a lot of that. But that's a possibility. You can go public. Um, On and the then, Calgary Stock Exchange. And then we already talked about this. Systemize it, hire someone to run it, and keep it as a cash cow. Yeah. But sounds nice. But when you have somebody who's a manager, at the end of the day, no matter how dependable they are, if something happens to them, it's still the end of the day. You own it. It's your responsibility. Ah, uh, yeah. You get sued. You get called at three in the morning. You get, you know, all the things. So I had to really, really consider this. Like, 
a year and a half ago, maybe. You got sued? We probably shouldn't no, talk about that on here. <laughs> we're talking about trying to own a business and letting someone else manage it. Because oh. I was offered a salary position that would have meant us moving to an amazing part of the world and make a very good income for a very elite brand. And it'd be a good resume builder and career path thing to do. And I was trying to decide, could I... Could I own London Road Media and have a salary job and then hire someone to basically de- be the me in my company and be able to stay at arm's length and maybe take quarterly reports or even monthly, but not go not beyond at that? that. Time, no way. But I'm just like, I just actually that wasn't the biggest reason why I didn't do it. It's just that that would have been hard. No, nope. <laughs> <I'm laughs> it would have been. It would have been that part would have been tough, but mostly it was just that I thought there was way more opportunity in us continuing to grow what we yeah. were doing rather than taking this other position. But good call. It was something that I thought a lot about. Could I own my company and hire a, a me to take my role and still just own it? And if I have to think of that again in the future, that's a tough thing to ponder when it's reality, when it's not just hypothetical, when it's a reality and you're thinking about how you would find that person. That's a tough question to figure out. Honestly, I love that I can say this now, but. With our curriculum, our online courses, and all of our procedures and our job descriptions, I do think I could replace myself. I've never been able to say that before. Good for you. This is a good moment for me. (laughs) Oh, but I think you're way further ahead than I am. Like, if you had that same uh, opportunity now, Mm -hmm. like for me, I was trying to think, okay, how would I feel if Lindsay or somebody else from your team came over and filmed our next online course and talked me through and did whatever? Mm -hmm. I would be fine with that. Yeah. I would be great with it, actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'd be better, actually, that you weren't there. Don't you remember the leg incident? (laughs) I had the giggles. I couldn't stop giggling. Neil Barry attributed to this as well. And then Neil and Lane were trying to hide around the corner so that I could stop having the giggles so I could film the next course. But Lane's hairy leg was sticking out from around the corner and it's all I could see. And I was like, "Ah!" so Mm -hmm. when are we filming the next one? Maybe I I could just have Lindsay. Yeah, I think we're going to make it. Lindsay's in Mexico. She got there this morning. Come home, Lindsay. I know. I think that too, but she's only been gone half a day. So Which part? I'm not. uh, Cancun, I think. Not certain, but. That's all I have to say. I haven't had a Mexico trip yet, so. Ever? No. Oh. So somehow either I'm paying my employees too much or not enough to myself. <laughs> Why are they getting my Mexico trips and I'm here? Uh, I don't know. Well, you could go. You could go. <laughs> yeah. But you'll have to do our podcast remotely. Yeah, let's do it. Call in. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what I have to add. Mexican <laughs> Wi-Fi. It will not work. I bet. It'll be good. No. Um, what I have to add is just that I think that the idea that entrepreneurs just want to start businesses or that all entrepreneurs would want to start a business with the intent of exiting is I don't think people weird. do that. Yeah. I don't. I th- there's definitely people like that. And I do, like I have had um, previous businesses, but I just, there was no selling. It was just like, I was busy Liquidated with other things. We're just like, oh, that's enough of this one yeah. and start something else. They were never big enough. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that makes me, if I count as a serial entrepreneur, yeah, but it was do. my goal to be a serial entrepreneur. And there's, tons of businesses that i would love to start that at some point i'm sure there will be another one or maybe a couple more um that's the other thing we should probably warn people about yes it can be sort of enticing if you're looking at like a business who desperately wants out who's willing to sell just for the cost of inventory or some really Mm -hmm. you know affordable price but ask yourself why they're so willing to get out and ask yourself could I just start fresh? Yeah, exactly. Could I just start my own company fresh? Why would I go buy that one and mm-hmm. fix it up if I could just have my own? Yeah, and that was, we had a conversation 
me and my accountant had this conversation recently with a, a company that had offered to us to that we could buy them mm-hmm. or acquire them mm-hmm. and we talked about it and i kind of got googly eyes be like oh this would be so cool i could buy my first company and we got so excited and then that was my one of my accountants many very good questions was how much further ahead does this put you than just starting it yourself and then it's like well yeah i guess i could you're probably like two months ahead of us if i started from scratch i could probably get to where they are fairly quickly and not be out what i have to put up and not take on their risk and all of that stuff so we should actually talk briefly about valuation too i think oh man that's such a <sighs> so messy it's complicated crazy. thing yeah so we'll just touch on it but i think a lot of people all two of our listeners are probably wondering no i know people listen later um but a lot of people are probably wondering well what is my business worth anyways yeah, people you know? want to know that and so um you're gonna pay to find out what that is because it's not cheap to get an five evaluation to ten thousand yeah. dollars to get an official evaluation from a certified valuation evaluationizer i think it's evaluation that is not a real word but an accountant i think they have to have an accounting degree first and then they also get this certification um so so those are like five ten grand around our area um and then even then they're all going to be different yeah and so people just i I know for when i was early in my career i begged one of my mentors just give me a ballpark and he was like no there is no ballpark (laughs) the industry the this he's like it depends on all these things but somehow of all the people i asked i came up with my own ballpark okay so ballpark only estimate look at your free cash flows or an easier way of thinking of this look at your net profit Mm -hmm. for the last three years and average it Mm mm-hmm and then multiply it by three, four, or five, depending on the industry. Mm-hmm. So probably an average of your last three years net profit times three would be the lowest I would take. But if you have a lot of inventory, you want to count yeah. that in there. If you have a lot of goodwill, and also in some industries like where it's just a much higher profit margin, they might be like, well, take the average of your last five years and multiply it by five. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. <clears throat> and how volatile the industry is. Like some, oh, yes. Some that's... Ex- like tech. You can go beyond five and say, I want like 10 or 20 multiplier yeah. because there's no risk in my business hardly. Yeah. Or, or your growth rate needs to be considered. Or if you're in a totally. business like yours or mine where it's about retention, client retention, you can talk about retention yeah, rates. You really. can talk... Like there's yeah. so many pieces that have to go so into many. figuring out your valuation that and it is a hundred percent just data that you can arm yourself with for when you're in a conversation with the person who has to decide how much they're willing to pay you for it and so it's not that it's like here's the number and you need to work with me on getting there it's like it's just information that you now have so that when they come up with reasons why it's this much you have reasons to say well no it's for these reasons there's this much more value in it that you maybe haven't considered and yeah, and that's the thing. Like I said, you have a smart accountant. My accountant is freaking brilliant. Like, yeah. love her. And the number she gave me for a company that I was looking at, I was like, I need to shred this now. This is way higher than I want to pay. Like, I was right. like, what? Um, but explained it very clearly how she had arrived at it. But then I ha- on the the other side, I have a lot of reading that I done, research mm-hmm. I done, and other accounts I talked to that adamantly were agreeing with my numbers. So really if you're if it's meant to be you're just gonna have to find that buyer who agrees with yeah your selling price or at least to the extent that you're willing to 
yeah. to bend. It's so different than anything else that's bought or sold because oh. it's there's no market price. It's not like the house. Like, okay, what did all the other houses in this block sell for in the last year? It, like, it's so different. I wonder if they do take that into account. I just I don't know that there'd for be sure. So, it would just be so different. There's just so many things that it's just about the negotiation and you as the seller being comfortable with what you'd take out of it and the buyer being comfortable with how much they put into it and somehow finding a place to meet in the middle. Oh yeah, that's the other thing you have to remember too. If you're running a business and you're like, hey, look how profitable it is. I can sell it for so much. Mm-hmm. If you're not taking a living wage out, oh, yeah. they're going to subtract that yeah, from your profit. it has to be. You can't like fake it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like we made 200000 last year. How Ooh. much did you pay you and your business partner? <laughs> well, nothing. Nothing, Okay, yeah. so you made 40000 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is there I, anything else? Well, just because it's about buying and selling businesses and investing, I just really enjoy watching Dragon's Den <laughs> because I love people coming in with their evaluations and saying, here's my brand new business or it's you know two years old and I have $15,000 in sales, but I think it's worth $2 million. That's how bad it is. I've <laughs> never they're just watched like, it, to be honest. They're just like, what? Where I've did this come mean. from? Well, yeah, if you come in there asking for hundreds of thousands of dollars of their money and then telling you sold them $20,000 in product, I think they're okay to be mean. I might have to start watching it's it. It's like, you delusional little human. You know what's really <laughs> funny? My, I had written down for sum up, you need an exit strategy. Okay. But what? through our conversation, I'm like, mm, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't? Maybe you just need a goodwill. Because if you don't care to get out of your business, you just want to mm-hmm. keep it forever. It's going to keep running. You like it. You want to keep it in your family. As long as your will says that your business goes to your family or whatever. Okay. I guess you don't need one. Yeah. Mister. I like, though, what you said about if you have one or you're building your business at least in a way that you can exit from, that at least it gives you the option. Right? Yeah. It's not an option if you don't have it. You're going to be no. in a point of desperation and you need to get out and now it's not worth anything because for whatever reason you're too embedded or the systems aren't there whatever the reason is you can't exit without the thing falling apart so okay i'm gonna change my vote again <laughs> you do need an exit you're strategy. flip-flopping and here's why here's why because so many people come to me for they want to increase their profits they want to make their business better they want their employees to be happier but on and on and on all of these things all of these things we just want them so that we feel good okay and so what makes us feel good freedom Right. There are a number of things, right? But freedom to choose. So if you don't have an exit strategy or mm-hmm. if you're not working on your business, you're not making it run without you, you're not making it profitable, you're not doing all the homework that I would give, mm-hmm. the working on the business, then you have no freedom. You can't go to Mexico. You work every day. That's why I'm not you're in the Mexico. You're the one getting called. Yeah, Damn exactly. It. No. No, I think you're doing well. Um, I might be part of it. But even if you don't want to sell, make an exit strategy just yeah. so you have the, the opportunity. Because unfortunately, you know, and this always comes up for me when we have to buy life insurance. I hate the conversations. Mm-hmm. Or like people talk about divorce in this new USA I had to sign with my new partner. Okay. What if this happens? And they kept saying, what if they get divorced? What if they get divorced? I'm like, stop saying I'm getting divorced. It's never <laughs> happening. But... Uh, but the lawyer is sitting there saying, yeah, you have to plan never for happens until it. it does. Right. So um, I think it's... Although I'm never getting divorced. Right. People could okay. get sick, injured, whatever. Just yeah. plan. Just make your business run without you. You can still come if you want. But it's much better and more freeing and just feels so good to be like, hmm, do I want to go in today? Sure. Rather than like, <laughs> I have to go in to pay right. my bills. There's no choice. Or we're yeah. going to live on the street. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a healthy way to look at it. That it's it's best for your business anyways to build it in a way that you can exit. Okay. But new, that it doesn't answer. doesn't mean that 
you're building a business to be a business flipper. It doesn't mean you're someone who's starting up and exiting. And and I think there is distaste for that among some people. On this half the table. (laughs) Hey, this is something I would like to to also do at some point. But I think there is some distaste among some people who they don't want to be the type of person who just starts a business for the sake of making it profitable and then flipping it for a profit. Like there's more heart in business. They're like, no, I'm building something that has soul that people care about, that makes a difference, that has a purpose. And it's not just about making it sellable and making a million bucks, right? And I think that's the mentality that can come along with talking about things like exit strategy. But I like this conversation because it means that's not what we're necessarily talking about. We're talking about just building your business in a way that's good for your business. And then you have the option of getting out if you need or want to. That was going to be my final answer. Okay. So no, you don't need an exit strategy, but yes, you do need to work on your business mm-hmm. so that it's systemized, it's profitable, it can run with or with or without you. Okay. Which is secretly an exit strategy. <laughs> right. So that's my very In clear disguise. final answer. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have a quick tip for us? Work on your business. Stop being a dancing bear or like the only one working in your business or doing the thing, doing the service, providing Mm -hmm. the product, providing the service. Spend an hour a week. Right. Listen to a podcast. Implement the homework from it. You know, have a budget. Create a marketing plan. Like work on your business because otherwise you'll never have any freedom from it. You just have a stressful job where you might not always get paid. Right. That doesn't sound like a good job. Mm-mm. And there's a lot of people out there like that. It's sad. Okay, my quick tip is um, is that you really, if it, I mean, if everyone, like we said, should have should be building their business in a way that it is exitable. Um, that means you need to work on brand. Exitable is a word, all right? Mm, let's pull that up. Okay. We need to work on brand, though, because if you don't have brand, you just have services and products and you're advertising and you really need brand. That's what has a lot of value when you go to sell something, because otherwise, why can't someone recreate what you've done? Your processes aren't unduplicatable. I'm making it worse. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Stop, because exitable is not a word, but excitable is. People can replicate your processes. They can find talented people. Those they can replicate your products, your services, all of that. But brand is something that is yours. Um, and so when built well, that's an, that becomes an asset to your business mm-hmm. that can't be duplicated. And that's usually oh, yeah. when people do franchise, it's because of brand. Like it's not like you can't start your own burger restaurant. There's nothing magic about making burgers. You buy franchise because of the brand. And so you can do that if you're looking to sell your business or- is you can get brand you don't have faith in yourself to build your own brand yeah if anyone else there is thinking about buying a franchise please talk to me first (laughs) or a business broker who can can save you some money yeah all right thanks for watching episode 20 we've now down hunt we've now done half of our episodes on video Oh, really? No, wait, we did 10. We've done 10 and 20, so we've done 11 on video, and we did 9 on 
on audio. So we're experts now? Yeah, we're experts on the live YouTube thing. So uh, thanks for watching and listening. You can find us. The YouTube uh, channel is best found by going to bit.ly. (laughs) By going to bit.ly slash better business podcast. That's how you'll find our YouTube channel. So you can subscribe and watch us here Tuesdays at 715 Mountain Time. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I think we're just about on every platform. Business can be better is how you find us. And subscribe there, please. If you want to reach out to us, you can find me on Instagram at the real Lane Anderson, on Twitter at Lane underscore Anderson, and find me on LinkedIn too. Just search my name, Lane Anderson. Yeah, I have a dusty monitor. <laughs> Kelly Ray Tamaki at TMH Business Coaching and Consulting on Facebook and LinkedIn, and Kelly Ray Tamaki TMH on Instagram. And don't go look at my TikTok because I'm still <laughs> experimenting, not having the best time. I just followed Gary Vee on TikTok this morning, or yeah, this morning. That would be entertaining. Yeah, is he he's, doing a lot of he's everywhere. Ones? No, just some of his most popular rants, like why he swears so much and things like that. Do you really think it's him everywhere, or do you think he has oh, like yeah. people who are good at being him? Uh, the comments and and yeah, it's him for sure. Like scheduling out content and creating content. Yeah, that's not him. But if he, if you see him post anything on Twitter, that's him. Has anyone ever directly asked him that? Yeah, he says it all the time. You'll see him in all his videos, like, actually opening Twitter, and he's typing. He's, he's doing it. you don't think it. you would ever lie? No, an honest Gary Jersey Vee? boy. He's an like angel. Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. Bye. See Thanks, you guys. next week. <laughs>